Hello, and welcome to the Alt Left. Hey guys, welcome to the 805 Uncensored, the podcast about music, pod, uh, politics, spirituality, and more. Tonight on the show, we got Chris from the All Left Podcast. How's it going, man? It's going good. I have a question for you. Yeah, yeah. Every intro, it's always about spirituality and music. And maybe I only get invited to the fucking political ones because that's my jam. Do you guys do podcasts still on spirituality and music? Yeah, we do. We, we actually have a few interviews coming up with musicians. Fair enough, because like I still I, I listen to your shit on YouTube, and I'm just like, when has there ever been like a fucking dope music and spirituality? And I guess that's just how it pops up on my feed, because I'm a slut for politics. Fair enough, man. <laughs> spirituality, uh, yeah, we actually haven't done an episode on that in a while. I'd like to, but yeah, it could be just because the algorithm knows that your your jam is leftist politics. My algorithm knows, yeah. So yeah, Chris, I, I you're the you're the history guy. So why don't you just do like a little intro on yourself? Because I think it's important for our audience to know your qualifications before you dive into this topic. Uh, my qualifications are not that impressive. Uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a student of history. Um, I have two letters after my name, not three. Unless you have three, no one actually cares what you have to say about anything. But yes, I am a, I am a, a grad student in history. Um, I have studied leftist thought quite a bit. It's my jam. I host the Alt-Left podcast. That's about the extent of my expert uh, take on it. I am also a cisgendered, straight, white male, so take everything I say with a pound of salt because it comes from the perspective of a mountain of privilege. Fair enough. Well, tonight we're going to talk about the Stonewall riots. So, Fuck yeah. Let's fucking get into it. What happened in New York City back in the 60s? Well, something I actually want to talk about because this never gets talked about because uh, everyone kind of like holds up Stonewall as like the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, that is where all this started. And obviously, like we we all know, right? No one's an idiot. Uh, we're all aware that no, this was not the first time gay people ever did anything. This is not the first time there was ever revolt against the police, against persecution, blah blah. But it was the big one. It was the first one where it was public, that kind of thing. And it's actually kind of a false narrative, like. It's very much of the the narrative that like Rosa Parks was the first black woman to not give up her seat. Not true. Uh, she actually wasn't the first one to do this kind of protest. However, she was the first one that was this like well organized, gained this much attention. And it's kind of one of those like false narratives. It's not historically true, but the narrative and the spirit is, you know, like Rosa Parks was not a falsification. Rosa Parks was a true representative of women of color leading a a political struggle, right? Like it was legit. She was real. She was a fucking activist. She worked under King. She was part of the boycotts. Like she got arrested. Like all of that is totally legit. The only thing you have to say is that it wasn't the first, you know, a lot of people, if you say like, who was the first woman in space, they would say was Sally Ride. No, Sally Ride was the first American woman in space. The Soviets put a woman in space decades before the Americans did. And it's just it's a, it's important to acknowledge first. So I don't want to take away from Stonewall, but I want to shine a little bit of the spotlight on something. Um, there was a, there actually used to be a bar here in California. Uh, it's in Los Angeles. Uh, it was called the Black Cat Bar, right, or the Black Cat Tavern. I can't remember. I'll have to look it up. But it was in Hall. It was in L.A. Uh, and it was actually at Sunset and Hyperion. 
um, mm -hmm. is where this was. And it actually happened, uh, I believe, about two years before Stonewall, right? And it was in 1966. Yeah, it was the Black Cat Tavern. Uh, and in 66, it was in Silver Lake. And it was a huge, it was much like Stonewall, right? It was a really popular hangout for queer people. Um, you got to remember back then, this is, we're talking about the 60s, right? So it was illegal to serve liquor to queer people. Uh, and so gay bars usually operated without a license, right? So they couldn't be hit for that bigger crime. And they were, they were mostly owned by the mob. It's really weird how just to get money, the mob literally accidentally became one of the huge supporters of the gay community uh, back in the 60s, which is really weird. But yeah, most gay bars back then were mafia owned. And so, but the cops would raid them and arrest, you know, the the page, the, 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 the employees for like selling liquor without a license. And then they'd arrest all the gay people for being gay. But yeah, um, in this bar, right, that was selling drinks in the Black Cat Tavern, it was a huge bar. And it was like gay, lesbian, trans, just like Stonewall. Like it was a hub, right? And what the cops did was something like kind of extra nefarious, right? So the law in California was against uh, men kissing in public, right? Or doing anything gay in public. It was always targeted towards men, but they would arrest women too. Um, and they waited until New Year's Eve. And what the cops did is they went in on New Year's Eve, just totally disguised, plain clothes, undercover as gay men. They went into the club and waited for midnight. And then as soon as everyone did, they're like, just, you know, innocent. These weren't, you know, no one was doing anything crazy. No one was in the street. This was inside a private establishment. People kissed to bring in the new year. And the cops immediately began beating the shit out of everyone. Like just absolute abhorrent violence, right? And this is right at the stroke of midnight is what they did. And so it was a big issue. And even actually, by the way, they weren't done. They went to the bar next door and began beating the shit out of people because, you know, 40% of them are just used to it anyway, right? Fuck. Um, and so, like, they started beating even, like, straight people. Like, and this isn't uncommon. This happened all the time. This wasn't like, this is the first time police did this. Police have been abusing the queer community since cops have existed, right? But what happened this time was there was a counter-protest. It was the first time this ever happened is all the people who were there decided this is horseshit. They, like, put out zines. They put out flyers. And did this whole, like, did a did a, a, an actual, it was peaceful, but it was an actual march at Sunset and Hyperion, right on the Sunset Strip. And, it was, and they, they, they quoted the march was against police lawlessness, which was I really liked. And it was the first time the word pride was used. Again, like, Stonewall gets kind of credited with that, and it actually wasn't. It was an acronym. And I actually had it written down. I don't remember where I put You guys can look it up. God, I had it written down, and now I can't remember. Yeah, I had, I had never heard about this. Heather, did yeah. you know about this? Never, ever. Yep. And by the way, like two of the guys who were arrested just for kissing actually had to register as sex offenders for the rest of their what? lives. What? Yes. But what this did was this literally started the term pride. I can't remember what it is now. Like, I, I just, it, it kills me that I forgot. I lost the acronym, but we can all look it up. But this is like one of the first time there was a big fundraising effort for legal costs. Like the community got together at this protest and actually started a fundraising effort for, for legal costs for the people who were actually arrested. And it started, it founded the Metropolitan Community Church, which is, you know, is a big, it's a big queer rights organization. Uh, and it also started the founding of the newspaper, The Advocate, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone knows about The Advocate. That started because of the Black Hat Raid. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the thing is, it's this happened in 66, right? Uh, or 67. Um, and how this many happened... years was this before Stonewall? Two years. Stonewall was 69. Oh, okay. 
But you got to remember, like, what was the timing, right? Because, like, there was also, even before then, in San Francisco in 65, there was a Compton Cafeteria riot, which was another big fight between cops and a gay bar. Like, Stonewall wasn't the first time this happened, and it wasn't the first time that queers bashed back. When um, was when was Harvey Milk assassinated? Uh, I don't know. We can Google that shit, though. Yeah. I'm just, like, wondering when that happened. Uh, Harvey Milk was assassinated in 1978. So this is like 10 years later. Oh, much later. Okay. Yeah, it was like 10 years later. But the thing is, when Stonewall happened was in 69. And that is that is a huge time. As we all know, the difference between 1967 and 1969 in like civil rights history is momentous, right? 69 is the summer of love. That's when the civil rights movement is in like full fucking power. Um, that's actually funny enough, like again, because my you know, fucking marginalized communities go hand in hand. That was the year the Black Panthers started um, their school lunch program. Mm. Was in 69. So that was like the time of like major unrest, right? The Vietnam War stuff is kicking off. Shit is going really bad for right wing. The left wing and progressive movements um, are gaining power, getting notoriety. And so newspapers were quick to pick up on this. So when Stonewall happens in 69, Again, like I said, newspapers, fucking, you know, literally television news, like everyone's really geared for a story like this. Whereas in 67, they weren't. And so it's really sad. But like, and so again, we're going to go to Stonewall because Stonewall was also huge and awesome, right? Stonewall is great. I just wanted to point out that like the first, you know, there was kind of an issue before Stonewall uh, and that was the Black Cat Tavern. Again, there is like the cafeteria rights that happened too. And it's just good to acknowledge all the roots of this, right? Like, you know, in history, we talk about like the Russian Revolution bringing Marxism in. But it's like no one wants to talk about that happened on Women's Day. Yeah, that was on International Women's Day, and women started that revolution, right? Like we can talk about the Cuban Revolution as a victory for fucking socialism and against imperialism, and that's great. But let's also remember this was a farming revolution. This was an anti-slavery movement as well, and like these all go hand in hand. These are natural allies, and it's like you can look at. There's a way to look at history called the, the great man of history, and I hate that idea. They're like, oh, this one person came along and everything changed. Abraham Lincoln came along and the slaves were freed. It's like, no, <laughs> that's not how that's not how anything works. These are these are communities, right? These are people getting together and forcing societal change by any means necessary. And it doesn't happen with one leader. MLK didn't save the day all by his lonesome. Abraham Lincoln didn't end slavery. George Washington didn't throw off the British. Like, that doesn't happen. People make movements, right? Mutual aid makes a difference. People in community, networks, education, theory, communication, this is what makes change. Um, and inspiring each other. So, like, again, Stonewall took a page from what was already happening at places like the Black Cat. And it was a culture of people getting fed up with cops fucking murdering them because that's what it really was so then you have stonewall right so in new york um in the village uh you had a bar called stonewall and it was like always crowded it was packed it was happening again another mob owned bar right and it was a huge like huge queer hub because again it wasn't just like because a lot of times you got to remember that like uh, queer, uh gay bars back then often were separated this is like a gay men's hangout this was a gay women's hangout. A lot of trans people went here. You know, the term we at the time, the, the term transgender didn't exist. They literally just called themselves. I mean, uh, Marsha P. Johnson referred to herself as a transvestite, not because Marsha P. Johnson was a transvestite. Marsha P. Johnson was a trans woman, 
Wait, 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 wait. But you're talking about the 60s. I was under the impression that trans people were invented in 2016. Yeah, they were invented by the woke mind virus. Um, but that goes back and changes history books. Except in Florida. <laughs> they don't read books, so it's okay. <laughs> back to what you were saying, though. <laughs> but yeah, like, Marsha P. Johnson was a woman who didn't have the vocabulary to say transgender. So it's like a lot of times he gets caught up. But we also have to remember that back then the word transvestite was a trans person because that's how they would have been referred to. And so, no, Marsha P. Johnson was not a cross-dresser. Marsha P. Johnson was a fucking woman. She just lived in a time where that wasn't recognized, which was any time before, you know, five years ago or, you know, a few weeks ago. That's the kind of the time period we have. So we're back to it, so don't worry. Um, but yeah, so in 69, right, the cops raid Stonewall. And um, there's a couple different accounts of it. Like Marsha P. Johnson really gets some credit that she actually corrected. Um, people say Marsha P. Johnson actually threw the first brick, and she actually didn't. Uh, she has said herself, like, no, I got there at 2 a.m. when people were already starting to flip out, and I just jumped in, and, like, she ended up at the lead of it, you know? <laughs> um, and she's amazing. Like, that's not to take away from Marsha P. Johnson, because, dude, if you read into her, like, she was at the head of, like, the fucking AIDS movement. Like, she was fighting Reagan. Like, for decades, this woman lived fucking liberation and and lived outside the law and didn't give a fuck about the man and just fought for all of uh, for everyone and for queer liberation around the world and she was just incredible like you should like anybody who's interested in this like look up the history and life of Marsha p johnson because like once stonewall put her on a platform uh she fucking took off and she was a fucking hero and it was amazing but anyway um, so what happens is the cops go in, they start raiding, they start beating the shit at people, they start arresting people. And once they were arresting people, um, they, um, they actually, uh, uh, there was a, there was a, a, a woman who was getting arrested and she is credited with basically kind of the first one to get people to, to start some shit and was like kicking a cop car and fighting back and told everyone like, why the fuck aren't you fighting back? And the crowd just turned, right? And this is like a hot day. This is June 28th, right, in 69. Like, this was like a warm, humid summer in New York. And people were, like, just tired of this shit. This is late at night, right? I believe this is, like, after midnight. Um, it was fucking super late. And, like, 400 people just turned on the cops. Like, the whole fucking crowd. Everyone who was outside, everyone who was in the bar just fucking it was like a light switch went off they just immediately started throwing rocks throwing bricks screaming fucking going after them and the cops actually had to fucking retreat into the bar which is the funny part of the story that no one talks <laughs> about is like it wasn't just like they fought back the cops actually had to retreat into stonewall and form barricades and barricade themselves in as they screamed and cried for help and called for backup and there was actually several points where um, the the people got in and actually breached the bar, and they actually set the bar on fire while the cops were inside. Like <laughs> this this was no fucking Target Bank of America parade profile, right? Like <laughs> this is like they set the bar on fire trying to burn pigs who were taking them down. Because again, and you got to think some people you might get your average you know Democratic liberal who's just like, well, that's just violence begetting violence, right? You have to understand this is an act of self-defense. These cops were murdering people, destroying their lives because 
to catch a charge on this, again, you would be a sex offender. Uh, names would be known. You'd be blacklisted. Your career might be over, right? Your face might get printed somewhere. Like, everyone would know. Like, your life would be fucked. You'd be charged with a crime. You'd be fined the shit out of you. Like, your life was screwed when they did this. It was an absolute, like, it was a really bad persecution. It wasn't like you were given a ticket no one knew. Um, and that's just not even talking about the violence. Uh, cops routinely would beat people, maul people. People got scars, brain damage, and some of them died. Like the police literally murdered people uh, for the crime of being queer. Once the cops like got their reinforcements, they put the fires out and they dispersed the crowd. The very next night, everyone showed back up and started that shit again. Start fighting cops again, and it went on for five fucking days. And it was just a five day. And again, there's there's a lot of uh, argument over whether or not you want to call it a riot. Or whether you want to call it a, uh, you know, the uprising or the revolution. Personally, I'm actually a fan of calling it a riot. Uh, we need to destigmatize that word. Riots get shit done. Uh, riots are the reason we have any movement in this country. Riots are the reason why unions exist. It's why you have a weekend. It's why children don't die in coal mines. It's why women have the right to vote. Like all of this is because people rioted. And we need to take that back is not a bad fucking word and not hide from it. I've kind of said the same thing about like, you know, Roe v. Wade and abortion. Like, I always hate the argument of like, well, I need the medication for my acne or for my regulatory, my periods. It's like, no, 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 don't hide from that. Like, that's great. You should have your medication that you need. You should also be able to attain birth control because you have sovereignty over your own fucking body. And you get to decide when you spawn other humans and no one else gets to decide that for you. Like, you have the right to medication that lets you choose when you give birth and when you have a child that doesn't get decided for you um and that is the big reason because then all you have to do is invent a new drug that does those other things and doesn't stop birth and then say well that's your only excuse for having it here you can have this and you're denied so we need to destigmatize riots because riots are real so i call it a riot you can call it an uprising whatever you want the point is that queers bashed back for five days and fucked the cops up it was all over the fucking news and it literally kicked off uh the the revolution of gay rights in America. And also honestly around the world, like the UK picked up on the story too. And uh, queer groups all over the UK immediately latched onto it as well. Um, so it, it was literally a worldwide revolution that kicked off about this. Uh, which by the way, I looked it up. Uh, the black cat did start the word pride and it was um, it was called the personal rights in defense and education is what it stood for, FYI. So people died at Stonewall. No, um, I don't. No one died at Stonewall, but, but well, no one died at Stonewall them. that night. People have absolutely died at Stonewall before. Okay. And all over the country. I mean, and for centuries, cops yeah. have killed right. gay people since there's been cops. Wow. Um, and before then too. I mean, you gotta remember, 200 years ago, people would just be dragged out of town and lynched. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, that happened in the 90s. Let's let's. Let's what not pretend that, this is ancient history. What was that kid's name that, uh, I mean, he, I say kid, but he was like uh, Matthew. What was oh, my God. Matthew it's, crazy. it's crazy you mentioned that. That's exactly what came to mind. Well, that's what I was just saying. Like, yeah. That happened in the 90s. Matthew Shepard was dragged out of town. Yes. In yes. Yeah. So this is an ancient history. And again, we've had a brief respite. Like people, and again, I, I say people, mostly liberals, but like really like to... A revolution happens, rights change, society changes, and then we just rest on laurels. Like, okay, everything's better now. And it's like, what we've had is a respite. We've had a short period 
where queer people weren't getting murdered as much anymore. The war was not over. And because of that, because we have had that breathing room and people stopped, uh, you know, persecuting queer people wasn't politically acceptable and socially acceptable anymore. The numbers went down slightly, um, but queer people have never stopped being persecuted in this country or in all of Western culture. And the folly of that is what you have now. You have this fascist uprising because let's face it, the churches are dying. The old world is dying, right? Mm -hmm. And they are gasping and screaming and passing laws and doing everything they can to cling to power. This is what happens when all movements die, that they get very loud because they're desperate. This is a drowning victim is what you're seeing from the right. And unfortunately, it comes at the cost of queer lives. And that's where we are now is they have slipped right back into it because now it's socially acceptable to, to, to queer bash again, where we're, we're literally trying to criminalize uh, fucking drag queens who want to read children wholesome stories. Like, it's insane. You know, they, they, they've made wearing cl certain clothing that doesn't match your, your gender on your, on your driver's license. It's state-issued anyway. How the fuck does that apply to anyone? They're making that illegal. I mean, we're going to see them try to put internment camps for queer people soon. Like, that's on the agenda. It's coming. And we can choose to recognize that and fight against it. We can all be like Marsha P. Fucking Johnson and start throwing bricks at cops and anybody else who wants to shove anyone back in the closet. Or we can passively accept it and vote blue. Kind of seems like it's going to be passively accepted. Well, it is. People I mean, are look, at what happened, look at what happened today with the Supreme Court mm -hmm. uh, decision. And, I mean, you barely heard. I, I, I saw Gavin Newsom, you know, issued some bland Instagram statement. <laughs> and I don't know if Joe Biden talked about it. I heard he talked about student loans. But other than that, I really haven't. I mean, everyone just is like kind of like, oh, it's Fourth of July weekend. I'm not going to do this right now. <laughs> it's like, oh, OK. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say there's actually one piece of good news that came out. California State Universities actually put out a joint statement uh about i'll read yeah so it's, it's the california state university interim chancellor jolene coaster you uh the the university of california president michael drake and california community colleges chancellor sonia christian um made a statement today or yeah it was yesterday and here's the quote is that as leaders of california's public higher education institutions were disappointed by the supreme court's decision this week to prohibit the use of race in college admissions the benefits of campus diversity are clear it leads to higher quality education for all by reflecting a plurality of ideals and perspectives and it results in increased community benefit when diverse graduates enter the workforce diversity equity inclusion and belonging are core values we will continue to support programs and practices that seek to address historical inequities and ensure that our colleagues and universities are reflective of california's rich and dynamic diversity we are committed to creating educational opportunities for all now that's not like victory or anything but i think it's cool that California colleges got together and have flat out denounced and rejected it and said they will be keeping all of the same measures in place, regardless of what the Supreme Court says. Yeah, I do too. Doesn't fix everything. It was just, it was just a nugget of good news in a very, very dark timeline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, so what do we do, Chris? I, this renewed demonization against queer people is, is obviously terrifying for a number of reasons, but so some people who have the privilege to move out of these places like Florida are doing so. Other people don't necessarily have the privilege. So 
for people that have to stay in these states, assuming they're LGBTQ and even just allies like myself, what do you think that their role is to push back against the fascism that's rising? I mean, as someone who's not a member of the community, it's not my place to assign people roles. Like I'm not, I know that's not what you're trying to do at all. Don't, I'm not trying to hit, but like, I don't have, I have, again, I have the privilege of being a straight cis dude in California. Like no one is as unaffected by this as you and I, right? <laughs> like you and I are sitting fucking pretty. We have no skin in this game. And even if we did, we are in the land of queer liberation, right? I can't imagine what it's got to be like to be a gay person or a trans person in fucking Minnesota right now. So what they do, that's up to them. You are 100% allowed to dive into this movement head first and go fucking fight Nazis and die doing it. You're also totally allowed to fucking say, well, fuck this, stay in the closet and stay safe and stay alive until things change. Like, you have no obligation to martyr yourself on the cause because we have enough dead gay people in our history. We have enough. We don't need more. So I don't know. There is no answer. The answer is to fight in any way you can because you don't have to be out in the streets fighting cops to be part of this. You can, if you have a few bucks, you can donate to organizations like Lambda Legal and and you know and 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 the, the queer liberation and like all kinds of places where like you could help legally. If you don't have funds, that's fine. You can be online, be on fucking Reddit forums, be on Discord, give support to your fucking brothers and sisters and theys who like are having a really fucking hard time. Or people who can help you like support a mutual aid network, be in contact with others and don't be alone because that's where you're fucked is when you're alone you know stonewall kicked off because 400 queer people said fuck these pigs and fought back mm -hmm. and now we have pride and now we have the legalization of gay marriage that all happened because of this right that only happens when people act in collectivization so again you don't have a responsibility to do anything i would say just get with other people even if it's in a digital space get with everyone talk offer each other support whether it's financial or just emotional or whatever you got, because whatever you have, I don't care if you don't think you have any skills or anything to contribute. There is someone who desperately needs to hear your voice and your perspective. You know, and I, I was wondering also like, you know, cause Jordan mentioned like uh, people that are, are leaving like for Flor Florida, for example, people are leaving Florida and that's their choice to do it. But then we're safe here in California, but it's like fascism is rising everywhere, right? It is, it, to me, it feels like it's almost a matter of time, you know, until it becomes a more serious problem here as well. And I mean, it's international too. And so it's almost like, to me, it's like, yeah, people should do whatever they have the privilege and desire to do and make their decisions for themselves. But also I, I, I almost wonder, like, like you don't know if the security of California now is going to be the security of California five years from now. That's the way it is. I feel for women's rights. That's why, like, I feel safe. Like my daughters um, who are in the car with me now, like we're, we're safe here in California right now, but we may not be in five years. So we make, you know, we kind of tread water now, you know, like everybody deleted their period apps. Right. Um, 
because you just don't know because fascism is rising. And I'm wondering if you could speak to that, Chris, because it is more than just parts of the U.S., right? Like it's happening. It's happening globally. Yeah. Like it's not even just America. It's happening all over the world. Uh, Fascism is 100 percent on the rise. Um, I'd love to tell you that if you just do this one cool thing, uh, everything will be fine, but it won't like things are probably going to get worse before they get better. There is nothing you can do personally as an individual to stop the rise of fascism. Again, get with groups, find John. Like, first of all, you know, if you're black, brown or queer, get a gun. Number one, just number one. Um, this idea, this liberal idea that guns only hurt people. And if you don't want to have a gun, that's fine. Make friends who have them. Like you're allowed to say, I don't want a gun in my house. I don't trust myself or trust others or getting one harmed. That's totally cool. You're totally allowed to have a limit for your own personal mental well-being around a firearm. That's great. I wish more people in the world who didn't want to have a firearm didn't have one. Just like children. It's great. Like know what you're good for. But if you are one, get one. Like if you are someone who can say, no, I can totally be okay with having a gun in my house, get a gun. And I am being serious because the only thing that will, because because the fascists are armed, okay? The fascists are armed. Now, they're cowards because as we see, whenever leftists in open carry states show up armed as well, they always back down because getting shot sucks and no one wants to get shot. But these guys know that most liberals won't pack heat. They won't have concealed weapons. They won't have open carry weapons if it's legal in that area. And they know that most liberals and leftists are going to show up unarmed. So stop that shit. Bring some soup for your family. Bring some fucking guns. If it's legal, do whatever you can. If you don't live in an open carry state, get a concealed weapons permit. If you don't even want to do that, fine. But just get a gun and keep it in your closet. But be part of a community resistance against fascism because... And this is where it comes down to find a John Brown gun club, find a, um, I would love to tell you that hook up with communists, but we don't actually do anything. We read books, Um, but but find an anarchist collective (laughs) in your city uh, because anarchists get shit done. You know, find people who are willing to have mutual aid and community support, right? Do whatever you can to link with others because on your own, you are always going to be vulnerable with your comrades. You're not. So establish community support, meet space or digital, whatever, be in contact. And for the allies, it's the same thing. Be in contact with queer communities and show the fuck up, right? Like when, when there's, you know, go, you don't have to go to your, your, if you live in a big city and you have some big shitty corporate pride, go to a smaller pride in the outskirts, go to places where the chuds might want to fuck it up. Um, when you're being told like people are going to come and try to attack a plant parenthood, show up and do a community defense. There are people who are going to be organizing that. Find them. Mm-hmm. Facebook's a bad place, but you can find them in a lot of places. And the second, you know, as soon as you have two leftists in a room, they know some people and get together. And again, if you're an ally, cool, rock rainbow, everything, make it a public spectacle, how much you fucking support queer liberation, because the second more people are decked in rainbows or people are willing to throw a swing at anybody who wants to fucking be a piece of shit or a transphobe, defend a bathroom. Like, do whatever it is. If you're up for that, do it. If you're not up for that, get with people who are. Because plenty of people are willing to go out and punch a Nazi. That doesn't mean they're really good at first aid or making sandwiches or helping organize an online legal defense fund. 
let me tell you something. You're you're an introvert with an internet connection. I guarantee you are excellent at doing something like starting a GoFundMe. I'll bet you're way better at it than some extrovert who's just out there yelling at fucking at Pride Boy at Proud Boys. You have skills to bring to the revolution. Everyone does. No matter how useless and alone you feel, everyone has something to contribute to this. And if you don't feel like you have something, you're not talking to enough people because you have gifts and talents and abilities and knowledges that other people in the movement don't have. And they desperately need you. Get with the movement. Everyone has something to give. And you're just not reading enough theory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. The song of my people. Just just intellectual elitism. I love it. It, it. it happens for the best of us. You know, I'm definitely a leftist unity guy, but I'm not like a hardcore leftist unity guy. I'm okay with some disagreement. I'm okay with some disagreement, but leftist unity for sure. Because again, as as a communist, I can make anarchist jokes all day long. Um, I'll be the first to admit that no one gets shit done better than an anarchist. Right? Like... If you want to go fight cops with a union, you go talk to your socialists. But if you want to like actually feed people and start a network of escape or things like that, the anarchists are the ones who are out there doing it. Like all the time. These networks are always built by anarchists because people people think anarchy. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna school you. We're talking to everyone. Like people think anarchy and they just think guys in black will hate the government. It's like, no, anarchy is about not relying on anyone other than yourself. Like it's about not relying on a state institution. It's about relying on a community of support. And I can jive with that. Again, as as a filthy, dirty pinko, I can absolutely <laughs> jive with that. And I hang out with way more anarchists than I do communists. Because fascism's coming, and I don't give a fuck what your ism is. As long as it's not fash, like, we're fucking allies. And if you're willing to go fight fucking fash with me, then we're, we're, we're good. Fuck yeah, well said. Heather, do you have anything else you want to add to this episode, or do you want to wrap it no. up? I really, appre- I really appreciate the history lesson because I honestly didn't know. I mean, and I know that like what you were saying, like every historical like event has a buildup, but I didn't know the specific buildup to Stonewall. And so I really appreciate you uh, coming on and sharing with us. Yeah. You know well, what this time- also really cool. Just a quick side note. I didn't know this. So I knew of the Black Hat Tavern. I, what I didn't know was because it, you know, like it went out of business like a year later, got shut down. A few years ago, someone bought the building and ran a restaurant, learned about its history, and it's a straight dude. He was like, "Holy shit, this is amazing!" And like renamed it the Black Cat, and has like and literally bought like the uh, the only known actual prints from that protest, and they're plastered all over the walls. And like it's part of like their employee training. I read that today. It, he decided to like reinvigorate and put the history back so you can actually now go to that place go to the black cat and actually see the history on the walls so something that i was just going to say real quick is the black cat and stonewall that kind of reminds me of like the relationship that woodstock and the monterey pops has like everybody just thinks of woodstock but nobody actually thinks about monterey pops and monterey pops is what started woodstock yeah there's every you just got to remember that anything you think of as the big thing in history, there was probably something that doesn't get nearly as much fanfare that predated it and paved the way for them. Because that's that's how social movements work, right? And again, it's not one day everything everything was terrible, and then one day some white man came and saved everything. And it's like, no, no, no. There was a people's movement, um, <laughs> probably women of color. Um, but there was a people's movement that 
that open. There was a vanguard that cleared a path for them to come and save the day. Uh, there always is. <laughs> and for so anybody who feels like they have nothing to do for this, you can be part of that. Yes. Yes. Chris, how can people get in touch with you? What's going on with your podcast? And I don't know what's going on with your life. <laughs> they can read theory. <laughs> uh, anybody who actually wants to uh, hear me on my soapbox with uh, two of my great lefty friends can definitely check us out. We're uh, we're the Alt Left Podcast. We're on Twitter at the Alt Left Pod. Um, we're not really active on Twitter anymore because fuck Musk. Um, I literally pop in there every once in a while just to be a shithead to people in comments. But we also post all our episodes up there and our link tree is up there where you can listen to us at any point in time. So go to the go to at the alt left pod on Twitter um, and you'll see our link tree and you can check us out. Perfect. Thanks so much again for coming on. We are we are a commie, an anarchist and a liberal all in one podcast. It's a fantastic show and you'll learn a lot like we did on this podcast. Thanks again, Chris. Dude, thanks for having me. 805, I love you guys. (laughs) Always welcome. As always, 805 Uncensored is on all the major social media platforms. We're on Instagram, TikTok. Uh, We're on Discord now, too. So 